From the campus of Stanford University and on location, this is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast featuring in-depth one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance game changers committed to extraordinary ideas, preeminence, and multi-generational success. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggles, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by Tom Dioro, principal of Podfather Media. Thank you, Tatum. For our guest today, I'd like to welcome Joanne Black. Joanne is America's leading authority on referral selling. The only uh, business development strategy proven to convert prospects into clients more than uh, 50% of the time. As founder of No More Cold Calling, Joanne helps salespeople, sales teams, and business owners build their referral networks so they can quickly attract more business, decrease operating costs, and uh, ace out the competition every time. For more information, feel free to visit nomorecoldcalling.com. Again, nomorecoldcalling.com. Com. Joanne, welcome to The Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much. We're really honored and uh, excited to have you on our show today. Well, this is my favorite topic. I'm excited as well. <laughs> Excellent. Joanne, do you have, uh, we like to start our show off with the, um, if you have a, a favorite quote or prayer or mantra that you, uh, you don't have to li- necessarily live by, but that really matters to you in your uh, day-to-day personal and professional professional life. I certainly do. And I learned this when I was 22 years old and I was working in a retail business and rearranging a display. And I asked some of the people I work with, what do you think? And they said to me, well, it's never been done before. So I went to the store manager and I told her what I wanted to do and said, they told me it's never been done before. She said, that's the best reason I know for doing it. And that's been my mantra, just because it's never been done before. That is the best reason to do it. I love that. Never been done before. And and a great segue is, uh, as we were talking in our um, virtual green green room, is uh, I'm uh, surprised that a number of organizations and and companies do not dedicate either resources, time, and uh, personnel to referral-based selling and client acquisition. I'd love to hear your experience as to why that that either is or may be. Well, how much time do you have, Tom? So there are lots of reasons. It's your show. It's your show, Joanne. So I love to hear, we'd love to hear it. Let me define my definition of a referral, which means you receive an introduction to your ideal client. You receive an introduction to the person you want to meet Because when we ask for a referral, that's our opportunity to ask for exactly what we want. We have business coming in through the web and other ways, of course, and we don't know if that's qualified or not. But when we ask for a referral to our ideal client, that is qualified. Now, you asked me why that wasn't happening. The first reason is that sales leaders seem to think that all they need to do is tell their salespeople to go get referrals. <laughs> and and so a sales leader I know and is a good friend, and he told me that. I just tell my people. So I said, well, how's that working for you? See, I can be a little snarky, <laughs> uh, but I, I said that because I knew him. And there's that misconception. 
That's all we have to do. And a sales leader who's telling the truth will know that doesn't work because it is a behavior change. It requires a strategy and commitment and accountability and all things that, well, take a little work. But like anything worth doing, it takes a little work. Now, the reasons. People are uncomfortable asking for referrals, Tom. And I've heard from seasoned salespeople, guys, who say, Joanne, I'm just not comfortable asking. I call out the elephant in the room because everybody, if they're telling the truth, will say they're not comfortable asking. Well, maybe two or 3% of the population is okay with that, but most aren't. And, and here's why. It's really the most personal kind of selling we can do. You know, we're actually asking somebody to help us out. And that hasn't been really cool in our society. It, it's been a sign of weakness, or we seem to think that, oh my, if I have to ask, it must mean I'm not doing so well, because really, if I were successful, <laughs> why would I have to ask? That's a perception, and I treat perceptions as real. The other reasons people tell me, they say it feels desperate. It feels pushy and aggressive, you know, like like the used car salesman <laughs> that that we, we know about. And the biggest reason though is we fear a no. What would happen if somebody said no? I mean, I'm asking somebody I know and trust and like, and I think they know and trust and like me. What if they say no? And so we don't ask. Or we ask this way, which I'm sure you've heard. <laughs> Well, if you know anyone who would benefit from my services, please let them know. Well, that does absolutely nothing, except we checked it off our list, can take a deep breath and say, I asked, it really didn't work. So all of those things get in the way of asking. So that's the discomfort in asking. I liked that I, I asked and it didn't really work. I could, I would imagine that's quite common for businesses to uh, respond to. Is that correct? That I, I asked and it just, it just didn't work. That is pretty common. What's become even more common now is that my clients or prospects have gone to their teams and said, how are we doing with referrals? And they come back to me and said, terrible. So this is a newer trend. When I, when I started my company 24 years ago, I asked salespeople and sales execs I knew if they liked to get referrals. Well, it seems like a dumb question, but I needed to hear their answer. And they told me the same thing then they tell me today. Well, we're actually pre-sold because they know what this conversation is going to be about. We have trust, credibility, our sales process shortens, our cost of sales de decreases, we frequently don't have competition. And as you said in the introduction, we convert that prospect to a client well more than 50% of the time. Typically today, clients tell me it's 70% plus. So that's what they told me. Then I asked this next question, do you have a referral system? 
step-by-step process with a strategy, with metrics, with accountability, with skills? Well, the answer in 1996 was no. You can guess the answer today. It's just, it's, it's astounding, I think. What galvanizing moment or moments, Joanne, really made you decide to formalize a referral-based, um, I call it client acquisition, or, you know, you have a more articulate way of describing it. What, were there, a, was there a moment or moments that made you say, you know what, I'm going to really formalize a system and a process for businesses and organizations to really um, develop this? It was serendipitous, as many things in life are. When I left the last consulting firm I worked for, I was talking to a group of management working on their sales and marketing strategy. It was a small, a small-ish company. There were probably six or eight people in the room. They did not have a sales strategy. At the time I was working with them, they were doing a customer satisfaction survey of 50, 50 of their best clients. And it was several rounds. I added a question on the last round. Would you be willing to be a referral to this client? Now, as an aside, Tom, I have no idea why I asked that question, but I did. And it was a seven-point scale. Seven was high. The survey came back 6.5. At the next management meeting, I said to them, 50 of your best clients said they'd be glad to refer you. Are you asking? Well, the answer was no. I started to think about it and I said, my best business had always come from referrals because my entire career has been sales and sales management. And that's when I asked the salespeople and the sales execs, do they like referrals? Do they have a system? So when I realized the gap, I said, I can do this. I can create a system. I'm a salesperson. I don't like complicated. <laughs> you know, give me a step-by-step process. Not that many steps to follow. Thank you. And we'll make it happen. I developed that methodology. To this day, Tom, it's the same methodology because it works. I love this. This is great. You're listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Joanne Black. Joanne is uh, America's leading authority on referral selling, the only uh, business development strategy proven to convert prospects into clients over 50% of the time. Uh, For more information, you're welcome to visit nomorecoldcalling.com. Again, nomorecoldcalling.com. That uh, that question that you brought up before our our, uh, our station ID, Joanne, is: Do you have a sales strategy? Is that still an opening that you open with? No. Well, people have a strategy, but there's much more awareness about sales today than there was 24 years ago, and there are are people who work with clients to develop that strategy, to develop a sales process that can be missing and to develop a customer buying process and integrate all those pieces. It is happening today. It it just, there's an awareness that if they don't have it, they need it. Have you quantified the number of referrals that you, how you 
obtain your new businesses the same way referrals is it almost exclusive I can't quantify because it would, I don't know, it's hundreds. <laughs> so the thing is, that's how I build my business. And when I say that referrals need to be your number one outbound prospecting approach, that gives people hives. They get really weird about that because they think that's all they have to do. Well, that's not true. They still have their website. You have your blog, social media, webinars, your marketing team, everything you're currently doing. The difference is, instead of referrals being happenstance, and we all get those, right? Somebody calls, oh, so-and-so referred me, we get those. But instead of that, it becomes outbound. It's, it's proactive, it's intentional, it's measured. How about getting a that uh, I'll use buy-in because I can't think of another word right now to from ownership to senior management to have the mindset of referral base. Is that also part of not just the system that you, you work with them, but actually shifting the mindset of the importance and the value. It's different now than when I started. Everybody today understands that referrals are great and they're not doing it. And they understand the reason why. That's very different than it was. They, they know that they could do a lot more. I'll give you an example. We all get inbound referrals. I was talking to a colleague, a chief revenue officer, who I've known for years. He's with a new company. And he knows what I do. And the first comment he said to me was, Joanne, 30% of our business comes from referrals. Well, I said, that's fabulous. How does that happen? Well, he said, a client will call us to come in and do more work with them, or they will tell others to call us. I took a pause, (laughs) and you probably can guess where I'm going with this. I said to him, what about your salespeople? Are they asking their clients for referrals? He said, oh my gosh, no. Think the difference that would make. So for this experienced sales executive, that was an aha. He knew the importance of it. But this is another twist and a big gap today. No one is asking every one of their clients for referrals. That means everybody they've come in contact with during the sales and buying process. Not just their buyer, because everybody knows somebody And we don't know who people know until we ask. That is the big gap. I've spoken to groups of well over 150 people. And I'll say, who has asked every one of your clients for referrals? Not one hand goes up. And then I ask, well, who's asked some? Maybe 10% of the room. Yet, our clients are our best source of new business, aren't they? right? They, they know what we've done for their company. They can speak to the results they got, the business impact. No one's asking. Going back to that perceptions are real, that approach you have, is, uh, has that always been uh, an approach of yours or is it even become more refined in, uh, in our today's uh, business environment? It's become more refined, 
Oh, I always knew that there were some perceptions about referrals. I'd heard that. But what really changed for me was about a year and a half ago. I was having lunch with two attorneys. These guys were both in their 50s. And they said to me, I'm just not comfortable asking. And I asked them why. Well, if it feels weird, it's uncomfortable, we're professionals, professionals don't ask. It It was all these excuses. And it was really then that I decided to call out the elephant in the room. And the reason is, it puts everybody at the same level. Because you know, and I know, that when you think you're the only one, you never are. You know, everybody feels the same way. And when and then when I had this very seasoned sales guy say to me, I'm not comfortable, it all came together. And it makes a huge difference when, when I start working with sales teams and share that because they get it. And they know exactly that's how they feel. And after working together, that's not going to matter anymore. Joanne, how would, can you provide an example, if you're at liberty to do so without naming names, unless you'd like to, to where uh, an organization was maybe zero or even potentially less than zero in referrals and uh, in working with them, they were, you know, whatever the percentage obviously went higher than zero. Love to hear an example or a story or interesting story that you can recall that, uh, you know, illustrates that for your listeners today. Of course. About two years ago, a client came to me, he'd been referred and he said he wanted to develop a referral culture. Now, that's what I've always done. I just never wanted to use that word. It's a very big word. And a consulting firm I worked for, they worked cultures change, and it took forever, and it was millions of dollars. So I didn't want people to think that. Then I found this definition. Cultures, what happens when people aren't looking? You know, it becomes our DNA. And so I, I said, I can work with that definition. And my client said, help me develop this referral culture. We started with this management team, then rolled the uh, process out to the salespeople. And then he's continued with his customer success team and everybody else in the organization. Now, this, this didn't happen overnight. He also put incentives around referrals for the salespeople and the people in his company which I firmly believe in. What I don't believe is in sending people to actually refer us. But for our people who get referrals, absolutely. I mean, there's no cost, right? So he went from getting referrals, well, now and then, and he told me that they were already doing referrals. Well, when I interviewed his managers and asked what they were doing around referrals, they said nothing. So, so, well, they were probably doing a little something, but I'm always very careful to build on top of what people are already doing. And so we, we had pretty much a clean slate. And they went from this maybe getting referrals from time to time to asking and getting introductions and measured their closed business from referrals that they, they never had even done before. And so 
the EVP is thrilled at the shift in his company because in addition to getting those introductions, they're getting more business with fewer calls and with qualified buyers. Outstanding. This is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Our public service announcement today is the uh, San Francisco Marin Food Bank. This mission is to end hunger in San Francisco and Marin. They uh, envision a community where everyone is able to obtain enough nutritious food in a dignified manner to support the health and well-being of themselves and their families. For more information, you can find them at sfmfoodbank.org. Again, sfmfoodbank.org. We're talking today with Joanne Black. Joanne is uh, America's leading authority on referral selling. For more information, you feel free to visit her website at nomorecoldcalling.com. Again, nomorecoldcalling.com. Dot com. Joanne, I wanted to ask you about the public service announcement for today, ending hunger in San Francisco, and, and why that means much and, and, and matters to you. It matters a, a lot, especially today. I mean, I was in an organization. We volunteered at the food bank. My kids volunteer at the food bank. But when I saw on TV these lines of cars, people needing food, I, I was about to cry. I said, this is terrible in our country that people don't get enough food. And with the economy and what's happening, whether we're in a good economy or bad economy, I mean, a recession, people need food. And so that's when I decided that I was going to donate to the food bank. And I've done that for many people who've been helpful to me. I've made that donation. I even made a donation for a colleague of mine who got married. <laughs> so wow. that may seem odd, but it, you know, no, it's, not like, at all. it's a second marriage and she doesn't need stuff. And so that's what I did it, because it does make a difference and every bit makes a difference. I've learned that over the years that whatever we can do, we need to do. I had one person tell me, a colleague of mine, she has a monthly budget, and every month she makes that same donation amount to that charity. It's terrific. I'm going to segue, uh, Joanne, to um, back to what you originally said. What a description of, of a referral is, and if I if I have this correct, great. If not, please feel free to correct me. As it's uh, you receive an introduction to the ideal client. Is that uh, something that you? discovered in the process of formalizing referral-based uh, client acquisition or it's something you refined or just I'm, I'm curious how you how you came about with that really succinct description I don't remember okay. <laughs> that's his third answer so 24 years ago right that's a long time back there but I always use the phrase we need to get an introduction to exactly the person we want to meet and then I guess in the last year or two, I refined that to ideal client because that is the person we want to meet. And that's language that people can understand. 
Yeah, I like that, that ideal client because truly every organization and company has an ideal client. I'm not sure they always know exactly who it, or, and what they are, but they, they definitely have one. And uh, you're looking to re- reach out to them and, and put the program together, which is just, I think it's, it's fascinating as much as it seems like, well, of course, how else do you ease people's uh, discomfort in seeking referrals, especially within a professional organization? It's interesting what happens when a sales leader sets a strategy around referrals and everybody knows what it is, sets metrics for the company, for her team, for each individual. And so people know they're accountable for a result. They're also measured on it. So their their KPIs, their um, performance indicators, and their compensation is tied to that. In addition, the way they get over their discomfort is building their skills. <laughs> so they learn how to ask and they practice, practice, practice. Anything to get better, we have to practice. And it feels weird at first. Of course it feels weird at first. But then when they practice, they come back and say, well, yeah, it felt a little strange, but you know, I'm still alive. It's okay. Or they say it went really well, or it felt like I was reading a script. Well, of course, when you first start to practice, you are. If you're a musician and you have a new piece of music, unless you're um, an exceptional, have an exceptional ear, that you have to have music in front of you. It's the same idea. And they get over that angst by practicing, by asking. And it's just amazing what happens in a short time, Tom, 90 days. Oh, my. Really? That, that, uh, that's fascinating. How th- This quote of yours is um, proven to convert prospects into clients more than 50% of the time. That's, ex- well, I think that's really high. And I would believe that there's not an organization anywhere that would not want to achieve that, though I believe probably more than 50% of organizations do not achieve that. How do you (laughs) overcome, uh, you stated at the beginning, being snarky a little bit, their initial pushback of, well, I'm not sure it works for us. I typically don't get pushback. You know, the pushback I will get sometimes, which is rather amazing to me, is, well, we need to see how this fits in with our other priorities. Typically, my response is, what could be more important than revenue generation? (laughs) So, you know, I'm right there with them. And, you know, I know that sometimes it's not their decision. So it could be that somebody on their board said, oh, you have to work with this person and they don't have a choice. Things happen. And it depends when in the year you get to them. So right now, you know, budgets are set a certain time of the year, but not everybody's on a calendar fiscal. So we need to know that. But that is, it's not pushback I get. It's very much, I want to do this. Let's see how we can make it work. Love it. Joanne, is there anything that we may not have covered? There's a lot, I think, but that you would like uh, in this particular uh, show to share with your audience today that we may not have uh, touched on that you you, you find uh, is important for your audience. 
The main thing is for the sales leader to commit to referral selling and for everybody on the team to know that because he or she needs to model that behavior. He or she needs to be asking for referrals. You know, executives have a huge network and I think it's really easier for them to ask for introductions than sometimes it is for other people. But everybody knows someone, and I I want people to remember that. I'll give you an example. Several years ago, I was working with a sales team, and one of the women said, you know, Joanne, you talked about asking your neighbor for a referral. Well, my neighbor's a grandmother, and her grandchildren come over. She bakes cookies for them, et cetera, and... She lives in Rhode Island, so I'm picturing this house with a white picket fence, and I could be wrong, but that's what I pictured. So at any rate, I said to her, well, what's the harm in asking? And she said, okay, I'll try it. Well, she called me back like the next day and said, you won't believe what happened. I asked her just the way you taught me. She put her hand on my arm and said, honey, you need to meet my son. We don't know who people know. And what happens today, the more sophisticated our solution, we think, oh, they wouldn't know anybody. And so they don't ask. Everybody knows someone. Very good. Joanne, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you today. Thank you very much. I hope you would consider coming back again soon because this, uh, there's so much more to what it is that you're doing and I, I really appreciate it. So thank you again, Joanne. Thanks, Tom. It's a pleasure. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast. Our guest today has been Joanne Black. Joanne is America's leading authority on referral selling, the only business development strategy proven to convert uh, prospects into clients more than 50% of the time. As a founder of No More Cold Calling, Joanne helps salespeople, sales teams, and business owners build their referral network so they can quickly attract more business, decrease operating costs, and uh, ace out the competition every time. For more information, feel free to visit her website at nomorecoldcalling.com. That's nomorecoldcalling.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur or high-performing game changer committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. I'm Tom Dioro. The Entrepreneur's radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location. The chief audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos. Chief engineer is Mark Lawrence, and we are all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar L. Sabrao. And the executive producer and host of The Entrepreneur's Show is Tom Dior. If you wish to contact us, our email is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.